Welcome to the KICC Malawi podcast. We pray that you'll be encouraged with the message today. I'd like to welcome you in a very special way to church this morning. I believe and trust God that the Lord will speak to us and that uh, we'll leave this place encouraged. Amen. Bell up and uh, willing to soldier on. Amen. So it's great to see all of you in God's house. And uh, welcome our online audience as well. Amen. Okay, let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We are looking at how to leave a lasting legacy. How to leave a lasting legacy. And uh, today we are looking at part 3. We've done part one, we've done part two. Today we are looking at part three. And I have been very calm in teaching this one. Amen. I've been very, very calm, very calm. And don't think I'm going to change. I'll be like this for this series only. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's good to see you in church. You found it? Are you, are you in Ephesians chapter 2? You found it? Okay. If you found it, then I will, I will know that you found it when I hear you reading it. Okay. So let's read it together. One, two, three, go. I will not read. You read. Start. Yeah, only a few people found it. Others didn't. So let me read it. It's there on the screen as well. The Bible says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When you come from verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And then it continues, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Already that tells you, you are not on planet earth by mistake. So this thing that people call others that say, oh, it's, it's not a nice word, but I've, heard, I've seen people referring to other people and say they are bastards. There's no bastard on planet Earth. The way we arrive on planet Earth might be different. You understand? The way we might arrive on planet Earth might be totally, totally different. But God has a purpose for our life. That's why no matter what label people may put on us, each and every human being has a deep need to stand out in life. And not just standing out as we live on planet Earth, but actually to be able to make an impact. And after they have made an impact, the impact is there lasting long, long, long after they have left. One of the things we must understand is that we are not going to be here forever. Hallelujah. 
We need to have this wisdom. I think it's in the book of uh, Psalm 90. It says, teach us, O Lord, to number our days that we may have a heart of wisdom. I think Psalm 90, verse 10 to 12, somewhere there. And that should be our prayer, to say, Lord, can you teach me to number my days that I may have a heart of wisdom? Because I know I'm not going to be here forever. So it's great to have achievements. So I really achieve great things, to have great accomplishments on planet Earth. Those things I encourage you to do. But don't do them leaving Christ out. Hallelujah. It's great for us to achieve great things, to accomplish great things, to really make a name on planet Earth. But it's so nice that people can say, I think there was a time I preached in church about being rich and righteous. I was actually making an argument that you can be very, very, very rich and be very, 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 very righteous. A person like William Colgate, we may just know him as a tooth, toothpaste. But William Colgate was a committed believer to Christ. By the time he died, he was giving his tithe. He was giving 90% tithe. He was living on 10%. You and I, we give 10. Sometimes we give 5. I don't, I don't know, even know what to call it now. Sometimes we give 1. And we say, I've given tithe. William Colgate was giving 90 and was living on 10. Now, let's just imagine if somebody comes to the point of living life and living comfortably on 10. Ah, the man had money. Hallelujah. So you can actually be rich and you can actually be very, very righteous. You can still walk with God. Amen. And people may remember you. They should be able to say, you know what? The man was rich. He was loaded. But you know what? He also feared God. He walked with God. The man had degrees. But he also feared God. The man had everything one can desire. The woman had everything one can desire in life. But you know what? She feared God. Hallelujah. So, I, I've been doing that deliberately for us to understand that when we are talking about leaving a lasting legacy, it's beyond what we build on planet Earth. It's beyond the accomplishments we have on planet Earth. Hallelujah. So, we made an argument and said the only legacy that will last long after you are gone is when we get there. Somebody walks over to you and says, I just wanted to say thank you because I am here in heaven because of you. So the, that's a question I, I, I like to ask people and I'm, I've been asking you. When we arrive, because I believe we will, who is going to walk to you, Uncle Levy, and say, hey, Uncle Levy, I just wanted to say, because if you think we will not call you uncle or there, we'll still call you uncle or there. Hallelujah. You, you know, I will know Pastor Sunga, I, I will know Mimi, I will know Joanna, I will know Limbana and Sunga. I will know you guys. I will say, hey guys, we are here. Finally, we are not preaching to each other anymore. We have arrived. 
But the question is, who is going to walk to, over to you, Elijah, and say, Brother, I just want you to say thank you very much. I'm here in need because of you. Oh. Because I have shown you that every human being on planet Earth, don't be scared by these things that we see. As far as human beings on planet Earth, we have looked at five things that equalizes all of us. All of us have got the same inner desires and inner longings. I'm not going to go through all of them today. I've shown you that every human being on planet Earth has the same questions. Believer, non-believer. Can my mistakes be redeemed? Is one question people ask. And I've told you, yes, they can. The reason is because I think from today, you must need to arrive and realize this. You are not perfect. And you're not. On that one, say amen now. You're not. The thing is that it's pure God's grace and God's mercy. That makes you to keep on keeping on. If it wasn't for the mess of God, I want to tell you the truth. A lot of us would have walked out of church long time ago. The only one perfect is God. And that's why he challenges us. He says, be, faith, be holy as I am holy. Be perfect as I am perfect. We are a work in progress. Hallelujah. We are a work in progress. The way I used to behave last year is not the way I behave this year. Go ask us, Mickey. The way I used to behave some years ago is not these these days. I'm calm. You people need to encourage me. Past now, you have become calm. I know. I know. I have. Even if you don't tell me, I know. Hallelujah. I have become sobered up. I am more calm. And where I am going with my preaching, you will not hear me shout too much. I'm growing old. I will leave that to PMS and Yami and others. Let them shout and then they will join us as we carry on to quietness. I've graduated to Kisomo's level now. Welcome home. Welcome home. But we have all the same questions. Same questions. How will my children turn out? All the parents. No matter. Even some of them, the prayers they pray is because they are scared that they may not turn out well. They will turn out okay. Just tell them, you, whether you want or not, you turn out all right. I will not tell some, I will not discuss some of the things you, some of you used to do. But I think you turn out okay. And most people, we have seen that most people, truly, truly, they don't know what they believe. Go ask them and say, you say you're a Christian. What do you really believe? I was told here, I asked someone else, I said, okay, what do you really believe? He says, I believe you also believe. That's the response I got. He says, even you. And because of that, a lot of people contradict themselves. And I've said, anyone can be served if you just listen to what? To their hurt. If you just listen to their unmet need. If you just listen to their hidden hurt. And I've said, don't waste your pain. I, I, I made a case last Sunday. Nobody argued with me. 
I said, all of us in this room right now, we have secrets that we cannot tell other people. Where I work, I told my wife, I said, sometimes I come home, I just don't hmm. And she says, I says, what? I said, like, oh, what, did, what did I do? She says, you said, hmm. So no you can cry. When we arrive, I'll say, now let me tell you what I had wanted to tell you. Amen. But you know what? Secrets or no secrets, God still loves us. He's drawn near and near and near to you. That's why I say don't waste your People are going through pain. People are going through things. Sometimes when you hear people's true stories, you can actually say, Lord, thank you for my life. Do you know there are people, the last meal they ate was three days ago. How much food did you throw away? Look at the plate last evening. What you did last evening. You say, I'm full. And then you went, and you put, actually, literally, literally, some of you here, you're still a believer. I'm not saying you're less a believer. You threw food in the bin yesterday, last evening. Am I lying? Am I lying? But you know what? There's somebody else who has not eaten for three days. And they're coming to church, hoping the Lord will minister to them. Number four, number five. I said, people give excuses. But whether people like it or not, we have the answer. And God is with us, the Holy Spirit with us. So I've said that the only way you will leave a lasting legacy in your life is you need to take people with you on your way to heaven. Somebody else has to be in heaven because of you. And today I'll be showing practical things that can help you to take people on your way to heaven. And you'll be amazed that most of it you don't actually need to preach. Most of it you don't need to preach. Sometimes I actually think, I think people are tired. I think there is one thing that a lot of people are looking forward to and that will be my point number one. So, we concluded last time what we believe, right? What do we believe? Because, because that's what I want to build on. What do we believe? I see you every Sunday writing notes, and now I'm saying, what do you believe? And you're saying, hey, Pastor, do you want to embarrass us? No. Go to the notes. I told you what we believe. What do we believe? That God sent his son. His son is called Jesus. When he came here, he died for our sins. He was buried. And he stayed there for three days. After he stayed there for three days, he rose up. Amen. And he told us, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I am the only way to the Father. Amen. If you believe in me, you believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth that I am your Lord, you are saved. That's what we believe, right? 
partner, and that's what we need to share with people. So I'll show you. Number one, number one, you need to live a life of hope. Hallelujah. You need to live a life of hope. We just sang this morning, say, hope of a life spent with you. The reason why we are here right now is because we have hope that one day we will spend this life forever, eternity, with Christ. Hundred million years from now, trillion years from now, it's only here on planet Earth that we look handsome, we look beautiful for a period of time. And then later on, we realize that ah, no matter what I try to do, it looks like it has happened. But when we get there, million years, a trillion years, we will never grow old. We will, we will be as sharp as ever. The body we will wear is not this body. Because the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed. We'll be changed. And twinkling is less than a second. So we will be changed. And we need to live that life. And go like, even though I struggle, even though I go through all these things. But you know what? One day, one day, one day. The way we say that one day is one day. Hallelujah. So one day I will be in heaven with God. In, in, in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, I'll read NIV and New Living Translation. This is what the Bible says. Live such good lives among the pagans, that's NIV, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God, glorify God on the day he visits us. It says, live such good lives. Among people who don't believe, live such good lives. That even though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they will have no choice, but they will see the good deeds. And when they see the good deeds in you, they will end up glorifying God. Because surely, surely, one day God will visit us. Now, and New Living Translation says, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. So number one, the Bible says, be careful the way you live. Hallelujah. That means it's not everything you want to do that you have to do. Amen. The closest I get to wine is to buy sparkling juice. Hallelujah. Whether we are on the plane or not on the plane, sparkling juice. Are you going to have wine? Or did, what, my dear brother, what did you just say? That's too close. No, sparkling juice. Ah, didn't you hear? I said sparkling. Don't, haven't you drinking sparkling water before? Amen. Because you know what? There was a day we made a confession here in church. We said, Did, does wine smell nice or not nice? And we concluded it smells nice. It smells nice. Hallelujah. 
But you know what? There, it's not everything that your heart wants to do that you have to do. He says, be careful to live properly. That's why people ask you, when you do some things, that's why they say, didn't you tell us that you pray? In Chichewa, say, there is an expectation by the world that the way I live and the way those who don't confess God live, there has to be a what? A difference. So the Bible says, be careful that you live properly among your unbelieving neighbors, that even when they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior. It's not everybody who is honorable who is honorable. I hope you got what I said. There are so many honorables in the world. Though. And afterwards you look at them and you go like, okay, so what is honor about honor here? Hallelujah. So you don't need a title. You don't need to be in some position to be called honorable. Just by the way you behave, by the way you live, we can begin to say honorable manjolo. I said, honorable how? Behavior. Honorable, honorable makwakwa. Why? Behavior. Honorable kariat. Not the other. That other one is honorable, but I'm talking about this one. How? Behavior. Honorable msuseni. I think we should start that. What do you think? That'd be nice. Eh? What do you think? Should we start? Honorable Mimi. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says, your honorable behavior. So now, your honorable behavior cannot just live in anyhow. The way you dress, the way you carry yourself out, the way you do things. And all that. Do you, will you get angry? Yes, you get angry. But you remember, remember I'm an emotionally intelligent person. When I get angry, I realize I am angry right now. And I don't want to destroy some things. So even when they say, hey, hey, hey. You, you, you go like, please go. You're not stupid. You're honorable. So from today onwards, strive to live an honorable behavior. Because you are what? Honorable. Have you heard honorable Makwako? Amen. So what I'm saying is that walk the walk and talk the talk. So the way I talk, the way I walk matters. I'll tell you the truth, one thing about people. People Generally, if they like what they see in you, they will listen to what you say. Hallelujah. If, if, don't, don't be complaining. Hey, when I talk, people don't listen to me. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. When they, when they truly like what they see in your life, they will listen to you. Believer or unbeliever. Higher in authority or lower in authority. And the same principle, you can take it in our walk with God. 
Do you know you can't win your enemies to Christ? Do you have some enemies? Uh, today is a true story now. Do you have some enemies? Do you think you can win them to Christ? Huh? How? Just now, you just say they are my enemy. When is the last time you talk to them? Eh? Right. You talk to your enemy. <laughs> so it's like me, my enemy. I talk to my enemy on Friday. <laughs> you said receive Jesus. Eh? You, you gave them a card. When is the last time you bought them a birthday card on their birthday? Your enemy. Somebody says they will not receive. When is the last time? Yes. So you, you bought them a card. You, bought, you send them a birthday cake. You send them airtel money. Am I your friend? The things you do for me, you do for your enemy. So now, no, I could no, never. <laughs> no, never. And now you say you can win them to Christ. It's very hard to win your enemies to Christ. The ones you win to Christ are your friends. You only win, you, you can only win your friends to Christ. That's why you have to be nice to people. Amen. Be nice to people. Even when they vow and say, you are my enemy, be nice to them. Because by your deeds, you begin to speak to people. One thing I have seen with people on planet Earth, there is no human being who rejects love. No matter how wicked they are, they will accept. So, they have to become your friends first before they can become the friends of Christ. Are we together? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Say, I am listening. God bless you for listening. Amen? Before people want to know that Jesus Christ is real, they want to know if you are real. Amen? Before, before, they, before, before they want to know if the Bible can be trusted, they want to know if you can be trusted like that. So whenever you say, I am a Christian, for them, okay, they will take the Bible and you and say, let's see now what's happening here. There are a lot of people who have failed to trust Christ because they can't trust us. So let me ask you something very simple. Today you are nice. Today you are behaving well. I feel like buying KFC. But I don't have money. A desire is different from wanting to do. Okay. These ones don't respond to me. Just uh, let the Lord convict you. When you borrow money from do you return money to people easily? Or people have to fight you to return the money you borrowed? Because if there is one thing I've seen a lot of brothers and sisters fight about, is I come to Levi, I borrow money from Levi, and I tell him, I know the Lord of this thing. And, and once you start telling me, Penapaki, we now are Zinazage, I know Gunam. Tell me, what is it? That, what is Winawake? What is Penabake? What is Zinazage? Tell me first. 
then I will know. Hallelujah. Do you easily pay back debts? Do you easily pay back money you take from people? Do you easily do that? Because if you become a trouble for people, when you borrow money from people and the people have to sweat for you to give back the money you went pleading in the name of Jesus, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, angels, anointing, ointing there. Now it's time to you to return the money. Now you want us to begin to fight. How do you think that person will trust Christ? And some of the money you borrow them from unbelieving friends. How many are in banking conduct groups here? I am in one. So lift up your hand. I'm leading the way now. Are you the most trouble causer in that one to pay back? Because in that group, there are people who don't know Christ. And when they say, ah, who is this man? He's a pastor. Pastor. Pastor where? The pastors of these days. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, live honorably. Be careful how you live. If you know you struggle to pay back loans, don't borrow. Hallelujah. I told you last week, I have two friends. Eh? I, I, my, my friends. I've, I've challenged myself. I, I want them to see Christ. They still, up, on, up until now, they haven't. I don't know when they will see. Before people want to know if scripture is credible, they want to know if you are credible. When they establish that you are real, you are credible, you can be trusted, at that point, your heart and their heart, you will build a bridge between their heart and their heart and the one who walks over that bridge is Christ. Amen? So in Romans 12, 13, the Bible says, Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. NIV. Practice hospitality. It shouldn't be a challenge for you to share with people who are in need. Only if you have never ever been in need before, then don't share. Because you don't know how it feels to be in need. But if you have been in need before, and your need was met by other people, the Bible says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. It means you come to church, you see somebody else who is in need, share with them. It says, practice what? Hospitality. What is hospitality? Hospitality is making people feel welcome and wanted. If I come to your house, you know, I will know immediately, as soon as I walk through the door, whether I am wanted or not. Because communication is divided in three parts. 7% is words. Alright? Are we together? 38% is actions. 
55% is the body language. So if I, if I, if I, I will not do anything, just watch the moment. What did I say? <laughs> Have you seen that? Did I say anything? What? But my body language, and I'll tell you the truth. When people come to this church, when they walk here, they know whether they are wanted or not. Don't lie to me. I, I see you. They know. Some of you, the only person you talk to all the time is Joanna. Somebody new comes here. It's as if you don't have legs to walk to them and say, hi, how are you? And you know, when you come to me and say, hi, how are you? I know this hi is plastic. This one is genuine. When you are interested in a person genuinely, they know you are interested in them genuinely. Hospitality is making people feel welcome. Hospitality is making people feel wanted. I told you a story last time. I will not finish, I think, this today. I'll finish it next week. You know, hospitality is like this. I told you a story last time. So, uh, some guy, a family invited the pastor, their pastor, for a meal at their home. And uh, the pastor showed up. Uh, oh, pastor, you're welcome. The way sisters do it. Pastors, you're welcome. You're welcome. Welcome, pastor. Welcome. So, the pastor walked in. And uh, after he walked in, he sat down. And uh, then when he sat down, the meal was served. It was in Sima with chicken. Alright? So, then the husband says, Pastor, please can you do us the honors to pray for the food? So, the pastor says, let us pray. And he, everybody closes their eyes. And just before he says the prayer, the Lord says, please can you ask me, why did they kill a one-eyed chicken? So this couple had invited this pastor. And, and their chickens, all the other chickens, had two eyes, like this. And then they say, but for the pastor, let's kill the one-eyed. shocked. They were super shocked. The Lord says, no, ask them. All this time, this one-eyed chicken has been around. They never ate it. You show, you show up and then that's the day they say, kill, kill that one. Amen? So I want to ask you, how did the pastor feel eating Sima on that day, knowing the chicken was one-eyed? Hallelujah. Invite people to your home, but be genuine. Hallelujah. Share a meal with people. Share a meal. There is a lot that happens when you share a meal with people. I've told you, I've shared meals with friends who are not believers. And I know, I know, when they walk in, I know immediately 
They have come with all the defenses up. If he dares say Jesus, we will respond accordingly. And they come and I say, okay. Sometimes I'm almost tempted to say, should we pray for the food or not? But then I say, do you mind if we pray before I am prospered? So we pray for the food. We begin to eat. We finish. And I say nothing. You share a meal. Share a meal with people. Invite them for a barbecue. Invite them for a brine. I don't know where all these nice things have gone in the church. I don't know. Hallelujah. In Colossians chapter 124, Paul writes, he says, I am glad I can suffer for you. You need people who can suffer for you. Say amen. Thank God there's no nothing about it. So he says, I am pleased also that in my body, I can continue the suffering of Christ for his body, the church. God's plan was to make me a servant for his church and to send me to preach his complete message to you. For ages and ages, this message was kept secret from everyone, but now it has been explained to God's people. God did this because he wanted you Gentiles to understand his wonderful and glorious mystery. And the mystery is that Christ lives in you and he is the hope of sharing in God's glory. So other version says Christ in you, the hope of glory. What I read was the contemporary English version. So what Paul is saying, the hope that is in you, it, it, it's actually when Christ is in you, that is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. So you need to learn more about the hope that is within you. Why do you need to learn more about the hope that is within you? It is very, very simple. We are building on what we saw earlier on. People in life have unmet needs. Their God hurts. Have gone through things. Have gone through suffering. So I want to build on why I say don't waste your pain. I gave you a very good example. So here I am, young man, in college. Oh, by the way, by pure God's grace, I got born again a day like yesterday. Yeah. I got born again on 9th of April. I'll not tell you when. Otherwise, you begin to say, in fist my hand with my arm back. Hallelujah. Now, I was born again. The time I went to college, I was born again. Are we together? So I got born again in secondary school. Very vocal. Went to college. Very vocal. Are we together? Very, very vocal. And uh, so when I went in college, I, I'm in my first year. I ended up in a relationship. I started a relationship in college, first year. The relationship only lasted for the academic year. And I was nicely dumped. All right? And I went through pain. To the point that I decided one time, and for me to backslide, was because I went into the chapel one day for morning devotions, and there was a song. I will never forget it. There's a song which says, 
Mbuye muma chitira. Mbuye muma chitira. Ambe na zabuno. Ambe na that's a song. So, morning devotion, I walk into the chapel and I say, okay, so, and in Chancellor College in those days, you used to choose. You, you could say, 55. You remember, Pastor? Then all of us would sing that song. So, I chose my song. And every day last, I walked Do you know who showed me a lot of kindness? Rastafari. So that's when I started memorizing songs of Peter Tosh, Bob Marley. That's why today, even today I can say, one love. Let's see you right. Cho, 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 cho. That time. The church disowned me. How many people have you disowned? And that was the time I almost committed suicide. It took God. I literally went into the bush with a with a it's a long story. Because I was like, girl rejected me. The church has rejected me. Life has rejected me. Because I went through that experience, I am very, very gentle with people who have gone through rejection. Because to heal through that, it's a process. It's not easy. Those of you, God has been nice, it's been the grace, the grace, we love you. Some of us, we've been through things. And that's why I say it's only people who have been through an experience who can speak with authenticity. The rest of what you say, you just memorized. Okay, tell me, how does it feel to be dumped by a girl? Tell me. You, you ask one girl out and they accept it and now you're married. You have no idea. Hallelujah. Anything you have gone through in life, there is somebody somewhere who is waiting for you and only you to minister to them because you have been there. That is called sharing life. Hallelujah. People should be able to say, you know what? We can see. We can see things you've gone through. The pain you've gone through. But why is it that you still smile? Why do you still... Why, 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 why do you still go around smiling? And you can say, you know what? The only thing is I did it. And do you know where you learn this? Christianity 101. And some of you, you've been here in church for five years, two years, you have not even stepped into the door of Christianity. 
And, and what you have said is, just, just get me the book, I'll read. Uh-huh. There are some things you read, there are some things that I explain. Like the story I've told you right now, it's not in the book. I can give you lots and lots of stories. A person who has gone through bankruptcy and has come out of bankruptcy is the, can speak with authenticity. When I left work in 20, at the end of 2015, I was over 25 million kwacha in debt, faster in debt. And the bank was calling me every day. So I literally went to the bank, to my bank. I said, this loan, I will pay back. And I will not default." They said, Pastor, this is what we already got defaulted. So you can't tell us you're not defaulted. You have already defaulted. So the bank and I made an agreement that I will show up at the bank once a week, the way people go to report for bail. So I said, I'll show up once a week just to show you that I've not run away. That's when I started selling chicken clothes, chicken pets. The toughest thing to find on the market is chicken biscuits. And I would go to the bank, whether it's 10,000 or I would go to the bank and say, and I remember the teller one day says, and I said, why have you asked this? The money you are making is really getting. I said, it's because of where I sell what I sell. So there are other people who have got clean money. When you look at it, you say, Grandma is in the There are others you say, put it there. So my money, which I was going to go give at the bank, was put it there. That's the money. It was coins and whatever. But you know, God is so gracious. God is so gracious. He gave me a breakthrough eventually. Within 12 months, paid for the breakthrough. It's only a person who has been through that. That was the time when my family was sharing one sausage for five people. And, um, how can you begin to share one sausage for five people? Then you can speak to But if you eat one, 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 you have not one people. And these are realities of life. Hallelujah. I've told you one day I came to church and I was preaching in our home suffering service. And it was that the previous day I asked the question. But I would come to church every Sunday, preach, make noise, but he didn't know what was going on. And one day I said, Look, I can't do this. And the day I remember there was tomato, there was onion, there was sugar, there was rice. I arrived in church. 
everybody in church thought Musa right now is under anointing, serious anointing. He didn't know what I was going through. Because I was not able to answer And that was not the first time. There was a time when we had no bread in the house. We were living outside of this country. No bread. And the church Mom was away, and I said, You know what we do? We go to make tea, put cups on the table. The Lord will give us When all this drama was happening in my house, there was somebody who was in shop writing and fell down. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Buy bread for pastor. I was not pastor. So this person bought bread. The direction to their house was going like this. Our house was like this. The person got to the junction and turned that way. And came to our house. Just when my kids had finished putting cups and tea on the table, there was a knock on the door. And they went to open and go like, Dad, Auntie Regina. I was in short pride, and I, I felt like I should buy you bread. Enjoy the bread. And she left. From that time, my kids knew there's God in heaven. I can tell you testimony after testimony after testimony. So, even when I'm going through the hardest periods of life, I always know that the Lord will come through. Some of the prayers I've prayed, I've said, Lord, this is your word. Unless you lie, start with me. And then he keeps quiet and says, You are lying. There was a day I told God, I said, You know what, Lord? You, you abuse people. You use, 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 use people, and then you abuse them, and then you drop them, and you won't ask them. So when, I, when we say we have walked with God, now I disclose. From 1990 to 2022. Don't think it has been an easy walk. There have been moments when we have gone one step forward and 15 steps back. The other confessions are not confessed. But what I'm saying is that God wants to communicate something through you to the world that only you can communicate. Did you like the stories? Should I tell you one more? The most loving thing you can show, you can do to someone else, is to show them how they are past. That's the best thing you can do to people. Show them how they are past can be forgiven. There are people who are still struggling with the past. When the Bible says, he separates us from our sins as far as the east is from the west. The best thing you can do to people is to show them that they can have a purpose for living one again once more time and that they can get a home in heaven by opening their life to the grace of God. And I want to tell you today, it is very unloving not to tell people the goodness. Hallelujah. Number three, 
We may stop there and then next week we'll do number four and five. Listen first and ask questions later. What is number one? You were writing. What is number one? Hmm? Live a life of hope. The moment people give up hope, that's when they give up. And number two? Learn what? Learn more about the hope that is within you. Don't, don't pretend that you have learned everything about life. You haven't. Okay, how many people in here have kids who are not teenagers? They're, they're between zero to ten. Uh, okay, so you don't know how it means to parent a teenager. So don't give me advice. Don't tell me, teach a child whilst this young. Let's wait until your, your kid is a teenager. Then speak to me those words. A teenager is a kid who now thinks that he can become independent apart from one thing that their brain is not mature. So it's people who have gone through life with teenagers that can tell you when they are teenagers, this is what they do. And then they reach in their 20s. And then when they get in their 20s, they begin to think about life. So we need each other in life. You haven't learned anything. You have not learned, not anything, not everything. You haven't learned everything you need to learn in life. Hallelujah. Let's do the last one. Let's do the last one. Listen first and what? Ask questions later. You will always bring more people to Christ by listening to them than talking to them. Are we together? Every human being you see on planet Earth has one hunger. Among us, the main hunger. And one hunger is to be listened to and to be understood, and to be validated. Now, I will tell you the truth. One of the challenges we have in the church, do you know that one of the places where people are very, very judgmental is in the church? Do you know that? Some of you are not saying anything. Or are you convicted? One of the places where people are very, very judgmental is in the church. And the reason why we are very judgmental in the church is because we haven't been where most people have been. If we, can, if we could just be where most people have been, we are going to be very compassionate. I think sometimes in church we have not It's as if it's in church whereby we feel like we really need to embarrass each other. I admire one group of people, because today I'm trying to be very honest. I admire one group of people, drunkards. Drunkards are nice each other. And when they, when they leave drinking and come in church, they expect you to be more nicer than they were. If I have no money, we go for drinking. I can assure you one thing that will happen when I'm come home. I'll be drunk. 
And my wife would be saying, you have been saying you have no money. You have no money. But why is it that every day you come to run? Because I've got friends who make me get drunk. But not drunk are nice people to each other. Only that I want them to transfer that niceness to say, now let's go to the next. understood, to have their feelings validated, to be listened to. And in the church, I can tell you, we don't listen. The moment a person speaks this, the moment a person speaks this, then, can you shut up? <laughs> there are moments when people don't want to hear a verse, they just want you to see that you listened and you even maybe you didn't even pray. If you did anything else, is that when they started crying, you started crying too. You finish crying. We feel better. You need people you can cry with first. That's what I'm telling you. So when you come to me and then I see you crying and I start crying, don't say, Abu Zaminaj is very weak. He's very weak. I start crying and then he was crying too. No, I'm strong. Hallelujah. And I would have a friend is meant for a time of adversity. There are some of you here. I've cried with you before. I will, I'll just not tell who I've cried with. And every time when we meet, we go like, that was a really good time we cried. Hallelujah. Because people have got a lot of issues bottled inside. And then they come out like a volcano. So sometimes all they want is you to cry with them. To just listen to them. And I can assure you, very few people in the world care enough to actually listen to people. And this is the reason why people have set up counseling firms and people pay money to go to a counselor. One of the things that a counselor does is he listens to me. Talks to me. When Pastor Sunga or I are contacted by people and they want us to counsel their children, most of the times they ask us how much does it cost? And when you say it's for free, they don't believe. Because we don't do it to make money. So, I'll say a few things and then I'll close because time is gone. But what I wanted to say, I'll finish on this one. Number one is that your ear, your ear, is a great tool that God has given you to show love to someone. That's why you have got two of them. Hallelujah. This. Proverbs 18 verse 13, New Living Translation says, Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. That's New Living Translation. New Living, uh, New Living Version says, If one gives an answer before he hears, it makes him foolish and ashamed. Hallelujah. 
So when you truly listen to people, that's when you're going to find the key to their heart. Proverbs 25, New NIV, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. You need to have insight. How do you draw it out of people? Listen. How do you find hidden hurts of people? Listen. How do you find their deep unmet need? Listen. And then after you have listened to everything, ask questions. And the questions are very simple. Tell me more. Now, you are the one who is talking too much. Just to say, tell them, tell me more. Let them what? Do the talking. And you do the listening. All these things I've said, that's why a lot of people have a challenge that they have to go out there, meet some drunkards, meet some people who are going through issues in life, and they have to go there and begin to prove that God exists. Those people are not looking for you to prove that God exists. All that they are looking for is that you listen. Because this is my last statement. I have seen in life that actually most people don't doubt about the existence of God. Most people Your job is to go to them and show them the grace. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to thank you for today. We want to lift up your name. We want to glorify you. We want to say thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I, I just believe, Lord, that you're doing a new thing in us. And... Uh, your name will be glorified through our lives. We cannot have this hope and not be able to share it with others. So we pray that, Lord, you can grant us the grace to share the hope that we have with other people. That, Lord, we can even just have a humble heart to learn more. And, Lord, you can just give, grant us the grace to listen to people more and show them the grace of God. Lord, help us as a church to be less judgmental. I want you to just pray for yourself and say, Lord, please grant me the grace. Just pray for yourself and say, Lord, as I meet people who truly, truly need you, help me, Lord, to be less judgmental. For I do not know what they have been through. Just pray, make that a prayer. The Lord wants to use you. The Lord wants to use you. Pray. Make, make that a prayer. Make it a prayer and say, Lord, please just use my life. Make me less judgmental. Let me have compassion on people. Lord, grant me the grace to show people grace and be less judgmental, Lord. The people you send me, they may be going through some really, really hard times in life that they just don't know what to do. But I am praying in Jesus' mighty name that, Lord, you help me. I want you to pray and say, Lord, use my life to make people feel welcome and wanted. It's called hospitality. I want you to pray right now. Just make that your prayer and say, Lord, as I, I even hear our church at home, Lord, I'm praying in Jesus' name that I, I can just be more hospitable to people. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you the glory, Lord. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Our prayer is that God has spoken to your heart. Be blessed in this week.